You are listening to Inclusion Evolution, a bi-weekly podcast that brings you insightful and engaging conversations on diversity, equity, and inclusion in the legal profession, the technology space, the world of sports, and our everyday. Here are your hosts, Lisa Mueller and Michael Kasdan. Welcome back to Inclusion Evolution. I'm Lisa Mueller. And I'm Mike Kasdan. Well, Mike, it's hard to believe it's February. I don't know what happened in January. That went so fast. Time keeps on ticking into the future. Oh my gosh, it's going so fast. And, you know, I thought for today's episode, we could talk about two individuals who have been in the news recently. One is a football player, Damar Hamlin, and the other a politician, Jacinda Ardern. And what lawyers, law firm leadership, and business leaders, and just overall humans in general can learn from each of them. Yeah, no, I'm really, I'm really happy to dive into this topic together. I think in particular for me, the Damar Hamlin story, um, there's so many threads that I connect with, um, you know, and, and I, I know we're going to get into it, but it just, it drives home to me our shared experiences and our shared traumas and how they impact us in life. And I think it's also a reminder of how, you know, when, when push comes to shove, you know, we need to prioritize what's important. And it really frames that. We don't always think that, but sometimes, the, you know, stories um, about our shared experiences really, you know, put that in stark relief. You know, and this was one of these one of these events that many people at least witnessed together. Um, and so, yeah, I think I think it really is an interesting story that put about putting things in perspective and and also, you know, focusing on our commonalities and our shared, you know, humanity. Um, and I think, you know, that's kind of the inclusion angle for me. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, one of the other threads is I, I've been separately um, on the side, uh, a sports writer for a number of years for the Good Men Project. I'm their senior sports editor. And I, I've been writing about football and CTE and injuries and, 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 you know, the disposability of men topic, heavy topic, uh, but safety and injuries. And that's kind of another level that this one resonates for me on. And then, you know, I think, you know, the Jacinda Ardern topic is just another really high visibility story. It's in the news um, that frames out the quest- these questions about boundaries, about priority or priorities. And so I, I think they're just two really interesting, different stories that are kind of interesting to talk about together. Absolutely. They're really fascinating. And let's go ahead and get into it and start with Damar Hamlin. Uh, for people who may not know, he is a safety with the Buffalo Bills, who during a game that was televised on Monday Night Football, January 2nd, the, the first game of the new year, suffered a cardiac arrest after making a tackle during uh, a game against the Cincinnati Bengals. So, Mike, I wasn't watching the game, but I know you were. Um, do you want to talk a little bit more about exactly what happened? Yeah, I mean, I usually watch Monday Night Football. Um, I actually didn't have it on at the time, but I, I have a I have a sports alert who is in the personage of my son. Who anytime anything happens, he's texting me, and 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 I'm you know seeing this story ripple out really quickly on social media. So I put it on you know right after it happened and saw what happened and saw the replays. But yeah, like you said, this was. Um, Monday Night Football, prime time, um, two of the best teams in the AFC, big rivalry game um, between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Buffalo Bills. And it was really kind of very, very jarring to watch. And I know a lot of people were watching. And, it, you know, it's one of those stories that 
um, you know, whether you're someone who watches Monday Night Football, and there's lots of those people, um, but also just it, it, it really rippled out into the world and media. You know, kids knew it happened. Non-football fans knew it happened really quickly. Um, and, you know, what happened on the field was, like you said, um, you know, he made a tackle, you know, got up um, and then sort of stumbled back and fell down and was out. Um, and I mean, you could tell from everyone's reactions on the team in there, you know, they came in, they gave CPR, then ambulance, you know, on the field, the game stopped. Um, and, and they were continuing to broadcast the Monday night football broadcast. They're talking about it. And, and, you know, there was a long period of time where, you know, we didn't know what was happening and, and more and more people are tuning in and seeing what's happening. And I think the question got asked really quickly, like, you got to stop this game. Like yeah, the NFL must cancel this game immediately. There was a lot of chatter about that. Um, and, you know, it came out right afterwards that, you know, the NFL had gone to the teams and said, you know, okay, like after, you know, we get them off the field, like you guys regroup for 10 minutes and we're going to go back to the game. And the stories that I, that I, that I read were, you know, both teams basically said, yeah, no, we're not doing that. I read that too. Yep. And I think, you know, the decision to stop the game, I think, you know, and, and I talked about prioritization and what's important and realizing like, Hey, like we're playing a game. Um, and this person's life is in jeopardy and it all happens so quickly. Um, I think it's in reality, like talking about like, are we really going to play this game or are we going to reprioritize it? And, and it's, it's also like a metaphor, like, like, you know, what are we going to stop this game? Um, and I think the NFL took a lot of heat and I think like rightfully so about, you know, that, that long period of time, um, and about going forward, you know, wanting to go forward with the game, you know, in the end, I think we got to the right place, but that for that hour, as more and more people tuned in, um, and I think, you know, it was, a, it, it's a traumatizing thing to witness. And I think it's, it's like one of these events, um, and, and you know, you don't always know why and what events resonates, but it's like everyone or a lot of people had this common experience of like, oh my God, you know, is, is, is he going to die on the field? Yeah, exactly. And thankfully, you know, he, he didn't, and he, he's, you know, he's made a recovery and, um, but but, you know, most injuries have, you know, injuries happen all the time in football. I've written a lot about head injuries, but injuries of all types. Every game. Yeah, it's a dangerous game. And, you know, I, I think what we're used to seeing is, you know, they get up, they go into the little tent, you know, maybe they come back. Or even if, you know, they're carted off, like they give you the thumbs up. Um, and this was just a very different experience. It's like both teams were visibly shaken on the field. It was crying and praying. It was incredible because I watched the replay and the fact that the players actually encircled him while he was getting the CPR to give him some privacy. But you could tell it was visible on those players' faces. And the fact that NFL even contemplated to go on with the game is really disturbing. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, it's also, this is one of those shared traumas and and i think you see the way the world kind of reacted like i know you know joe burrow who's the quarterback on the bengals you know said like hey i made sure after that game in the locker room that i told everyone how i felt about them and and uh and the coach of the bengals i thought also like in his press conference uh sean mcdermott you know talked about like look um if people need mental health counseling or need to talk to someone about this you know, whether it's the players um, who I'm sure it's very difficult to see that type of thing to your friend and teammate and go on, you know, with your life and your work. You know, he said very clearly in his press conference, 
I, that I think it's important to know. It's not a sign of weakness. And if anything, it's a sign of strength and, and people need to know that out there. And, you know, that's, that's not a conversation you see very often in, in the NFL. No. Um, and so I thought that was really incredible leadership, um, you know, by the Bills head coach, um, but also just sort of frames, you know, how this hit people. Yeah, and I think there are just so many lessons that we can learn from what happened to DeMar. I mean, there are some obvious lessons. I mean, the importance of learning CPR and knowing where your AED machine is. But I think there are some much deeper lessons that this incident can teach us, particularly in terms of mental health and other things. Now, I think in terms of mental health, um, what you know we saw, as I mentioned, with this incident with DeMar, you know, it was devastating for the players on the field, like I mentioned Players, coaches, fans were crying, they were hugging, they were praying, both at the stadium and at the hospital. I think this gives us a good opportunity to talk about how to deal with the stress of trauma and the feelings of grief and helplessness or helplessness and vulnerability that are often associated with uh, trauma. Because trauma is something that all of us deal with at one point or multiple point, unfortunately, in our lives. Yeah, no, I think that that's a great point. And, you know, in terms of you know, learning CPR or, or the, the importance of having, you know, that type of, you know, medical professional or, or knowing how to get that kind of help. Exactly. Um, I mean, that, that guy, and, and I'm sorry to say that I've forgotten his name, but I mean, he's, he's, he saved DeMar Hamlin's life um, yeah. by administering CPR. And cause there was a long period where, where he was, he was out and on the field. And um, I understand that that, you know, that guy saved his life. Um, and I think in terms of trauma, I think that's such an important point. You know, I think, um, of course, an important first step would be to kind of educate yourself on and, and have some self-awareness about, you know, processing and like, what are the emotional reactions that you're having in response to a trauma? Um, and I think that's kind of a self, some self-work that's important to do. Um, and trauma can be experienced at different different levels. I'm sure that the trauma that you know, his mom was feeling um, or his teammates were feeling that's, of course, way different than the trauma that, you know, someone watching on TV were feeling. Um, but I also don't want to minimize or have like a contest as to like who's trauma greater. Right. Because I think it's really important. You know, I had a conversation uh, with my brother in law like a number of months ago as I'm speaking about, you know, mental health and the law and talking about trauma. Um, and he said, you know, He's like, oh, I feel like like people are saying like anything's trauma and and we're we're talking about trauma too much and this is trauma and that's trauma and and you know his view is that like only the really 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 big stuff you know should be considered to be trauma and and I really sort of push back against that because I think we kind of don't talk about it or, or at least think about it enough. Um, I think there are all sorts of things that happen to us, big and small, that really impact us, depending on the circumstances. And we're all different, right? And we all, what might be trauma to me may not be traumatic to you. And, you know, it's a situation where, you know, it's an individual experience. Totally, right? It depends on, like, your experiences, how you grew up. Like, there's so many different factors. And and so I think, I think it, there's a real commonality also across mental health issues. Um, that actually relates to like trauma. And I think the reason that I think processing things and talking to um, a therapist or, or a trusted loved one and, and just processing emotions is really, really important um, because I think, I think whether you label something, you know, depression or anxiety or stress or burnout, I think that that's sort of this experience of trauma 
um, I think is a very common root cause across those things. And, um, you know, one of my friends who does a lot of work in this space, uh, Eric Cusin, who has a, 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 a nonprofit focusing on mental health in sports and in the world in general, um, called Same Here Global. He talks about this a lot and, and I find it, you know, really, really compelling, this kind of issue of trauma as the sort of human thing that, that binds us, um, when we talk about, you know, mental health and in general. Yeah, and I think when you, you know, you do have to take the time to process your feelings. I mean, you're going to feel, you know, sometimes distant and detached, jumpy. You might avoid people and things. You, you obviously get some anxiety, you know, fear, anger, uh, sometimes even numbness and guilt. And, you know, I went through, unfortunately, a, a trauma back in 2006 where a gunman came into our law firm and he chained and padlocked our doors and he shot an attorney who was running space from us. And I was trying to help him during that time. And uh, the gunman ultimately grabbed me and took me around the office trying to find other of my colleagues to shoot. And eventually we ran into one of my colleagues and he shot and killed him in front of me before letting me go. And then I got out. And, you know, you do go through all those feelings. Like I mentioned, you know, I went through feeling jumpy. I had anxiety. I had fear. I even, believe it or not, lost my sense of taste for a while. It was the oddest thing. You you become numb and then you have survivor's guilt. And, you know, I think allowing yourself some time to process trauma, you know, regardless of, you know, the size of it. Um, and, you know, I spent a lot of time with a therapist, talking to colleagues, working with family, you know, trying to get over it. But I think sometimes you just have to allow yourself the time and give yourself the space to get over certain really traumatic things. Yeah. And I, I have to just pause and thank you for, for sharing that because I know it's, 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 of course, I'm sure it's hard to talk about and in some senses can sometimes like re-traumatize, even like bring those feelings up again, um, even though it's, you know, important, of course, I'm Absolutely. sure. Absolutely process it and talk about it. So thank you for, for sharing that. That's a terrifying, terrifying experience that I'm sure, you know, has a big impact. And, and I mean, yeah, but I mean, and, and it also goes to what we're saying about these like very acute traumas, but also, you know, other types of traumas that I might say like, Oh, that's a smaller thing that for an individual is something that really impacts their life. And, you know, I, I recently, I did this series with this um, therapist named uh, Peter Abrahamson. Uh, we do these 10 minute talks on YouTube, um, just about mental health and the law. And I'm the lawyer and he's the therapist and talk about things in the news. And a few weeks ago, we talked just about sort of taking on trauma and, and how in certain jobs and you know, look, like I'm an IP lawyer and you're an IP lawyer. And, um, there may be less of that, um, you know, from the, from the substance of our cases, but, you know, he was talking about, well, in like a family law situation or a domestic violence case or a crime, like when you're representing folks, and they're going through these difficult life experiences, you know, to a certain extent, like you as a human, like you, you, you take that stuff on, it has an impact. And if you just kind of hold it all in, there has to be an outlet for, for sort of processing that. I think it's really important. Absolutely. And like I said before, you have to give your space, yourself some space and some time to process it. Cause I think sometimes we push ourselves too hard to get over a trauma and, you know, you, you know, you think about, I'm just going to forget about it and it, it doesn't go away. But I think just give yourself some compassion and um, understanding for yourself that, you know, trauma is going to take a little bit of time to get over, just like with this whole situation with Damar. 
Um, it's going to take his teammates, his family, obviously a lot longer than the, the public um, in terms to get over. But even for the public, give yourself the space and the time you need to process. Yeah. And I think that um, the other thing that I was reminded of, and I think it it lines up with kind of a, a large traumatic event. And thankfully, that that's unusual. Um, but, you know, I, I wrote this article and I was thinking about it as I was uh, I mean, I hate to say it, but as I was watching Demar be down on the field and I was like, um, oh, my God, like, is, is this guy going to die on the field? Um, I remember there was a sort of freak injury that happened, I don't know, eight years ago to like a rugby player. Um, and, and he did, you know, die on the field. And, and this injury was a freak injury. You know, it, he it turned out to be a heart thing where, you know, if you're hit at a, in a certain place during a certain rhythm of your heart, like, you know, it could st- you can have a, a heart condition. And that's what that's what happened to Damar. But so I wrote I wrote I wrote this article after um, I, I learned about that other athlete who died on the field about like, you know, what happens and how it and, you know, when when that happens, because it is it is a pretty you know, traumatic thing to see. And, and for me, I was reminded of, you know, Hank Gathers, the yeah. basketball player. And I remember watching it. I remember exactly where I was kind of in the same way as this Damar Hamlin. Like it had an impact. I remember him coming out, like dunking the ball. And then, and he was a dominant player. He was leading the nation in scoring and rebounding. And that team was so much fun. Loyola Marymount, incredible offense. And he, you know, thunderous dunk, ran back to half court, kind of stumbled and collapsed. And he had, he had a heart condition and he passed away. And, you know, when I wrote that article, it just, I think the takeaway is that, you know, these types of things really make you consider your humanity and your mortal, your mortality and also your priorities in like a really exactly. stark way. Um, and, and that's, that's one of the things I find really interesting about this. Yeah. And I think that's the lessons for lawyers, law firm leadership, business leaders, you know, really all of us is that, you know, these types of events put things in perspective and um, we need to keep that in mind every day because I think we get wound up and tied up in what we're doing. And it's so easy um, to forget about that. And these are kind of one of those uh, instances and events that um, make us realize that uh, we're human and that things can be taken away really, really quickly. Yeah. And I think that's true. And, and in football, um, you know, just realizing like, Hey, I know it's big business and I know you're on Monday night football and you're on national television. And it seems like this really important rivalry game between, you know, it has playoff implications but, you know, in the end, you know, I think to the man, every one of those people in that field and and a lot of fans, hopefully, I know not everyone, you know, there were some people that, that had the opposite reaction. They were like, hey, we have to play this. You know, people bet money on this game. And But I mean, I think that the more common reaction is, you know, this is a game like this is a game. It's a game. Literally, it's a game. And it forces us to prioritize what's really, really important in life. And it's certainly not a game. It's a human being. Yeah, exactly. So we also mentioned, Mike, that we were going to talk about Jacinda Ardern, who unexpectedly announced on January 18th that she was resigning as New Zealand's prime minister. And in her announcement, and I'm going to read it here because it was, uh, you know, I think uh, pretty telling. It said, I'm leaving because with such a privileged role comes responsibility, the responsibility to know when you are the right person to lead and also when you are not. I know what this job takes. And I know I no longer have enough in the tank to do it justice. It's that simple. So I think this must have been an incredibly difficult decision for a leader who's shown herself to be incredibly committed. She's very compassionate. She's conscientious. And she's obviously extremely talented. 
So I, I think there's a lot of lessons and realities we can learn here too. Yeah. And I think, you know, this is another very public, very in the news, you know, she's really well known for the incredible, you know, job she was doing and, and the battles that she was fighting was kind of on the, on the right side of so many issues. And I think it's so unusual to see someone ever say, you know what, like, I just don't have it in the tank anymore. I can't do it. Exactly. It's such a rare admission. Um, and I think it goes, you know, goes back to, I think so many people thinking like, oh, is this going to make me look weaker or, um, and to me, it's like, she's just saying like, look, I'm a human being. Um, and, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to do this the right way. And I know that I'm, you know, burnt out or don't have, like, or just can't do this right now. And I think it really, um, you know, having a news item like this and having someone who's such a public figure, um, you know, put it out there like that, I think really could make us uh, reassess our own reality and and ask some really important questions that I think, um, you know, we often don't ask or that are like scary to ask, Um, you know, you know, including like, you know, how have we been caring for ourselves? When is enough enough? Um, You know, when do we have to make big time changes? And and I'm not saying that that it's every day when someone says, yeah, I just I can't do this job anymore. And there, there might be more incremental things, but I think it, it, it puts, it, it frames out, you know, what matters, who matters, you know, when, and when, you know, you've crossed the line um, to, you know, a place where, you know, certainly where, where there are kind of like non-negotiable things Absolutely. where you're like, you know what, I'm, I'm kind of done. And, and I think that they're just, um, those are really, really hard questions. Um, and I think if, I, I think a lot of people look at those questions and think like, you know, I don't ever want to get to that point. And, and I'm not saying that, that this is an everyday kind of thing. Um, and I think sometimes, you know, there's, le- there's a less acute solution where you're like, okay, um, I'm thinking about these issues and I have to make these changes or I have to rebalance um, in this way. But I think it's, it's really kind of incredible to, to, uh, as something to talk about and think about. Absolutely. And I think it's so easy to say, well, tomorrow's a new day, it, it's got to be better. And to actually draw the line in the sand and, you know, recognize that you need to make a change because change is so incredibly difficult for all of us. And for her to say, you know what, you know, enough is enough was, I thought, incredible. Um, and there were so many important messages I think we can take away from, you know, her decision to resign. I mean, I w- really admire her for expressing that she was under a lot of stress. And I think it shows that, you know, expressing that we are stressed out, it's not a weakness. It shows that we're human. And I think sometimes we put our athletes, as we were just talking about, our politicians, our leaders, we expect them to be infallible and they're not. They're human just like the rest of us and and they experience a lot of stress. And then I think, you know, I was really impressed, you know, she put her mental health first and, you know, it comes across the message I took was, you know, taking care of your mental health is, isn't selfish or indulgent. It's, it's something we all need to do. And it took a lot of courage for her to speak out on that and to stand up for her mental health. And then I think, you know, as you mentioned, Mike, she expressed, she knew what her limits were and she set those boundaries and she's moving forward. And, you know, when people do that, we should respect it rather than criticize it. And I think ultimately no one should expect us to sacrifice our physical and our mental health for any job, any career. It's just, you know, as we were talking about before, it's prioritizing. Yeah, I, you know, I, I really do think it's, it's good leadership. And I think it also makes me think about 
you know, what can we in our jobs, you know, as, as lawyers or, or, you know, whatever our workplaces are, you know, how do we avoid getting to that place where, you know, where you have nothing left in the tank? Um, and, and, you know, what can you do? It reminds me of like, like it's better to have like the well checkups and uh, then then to come and with this sort of acute thing once it's too late. It's far better to sort of build those things in because there is a line, there is a point where you get to where you're like, you know, I can't, and and that's not a place anyone wants to be. I don't think I think it's admirable that she spoke up and she did what was right, but I think it's unfortunate that she got to that place. So it does make me think about, um, you know, what can we do kind of in our everyday lives or in our in our businesses to try and take care of ourselves and keep things um, balanced and in perspective and keep us, you know, healthy. And I think, again, like, you know, this is an issue that affects us all as humans. Like none of us are robots or, you know, football players are not video game players or, you know, these, these are, we're all real humans and we're all going to struggle with these. And so I think, I think that when I think about this, I think it's important to kind of have, an outlet for these types of feelings and a way to sort of process them. Um, and I think the worst thing that you can do, um, and I speak from experience is just kind of suck it in and tough it out. And I think, I think we're all better served by having, you know, people and a culture and someone who could say like, Hey, you know, I'm really struggling with this right now, or I'm struggling with this particular thing. Can I get some help here? Um, and I think, so many firms and businesses are set up to be able to provide that help. Oftentimes people aren't asking for it. Um, and I think we're all better served if we, you know, have that more of a consistent thing before you get to the crisis, you know, have, you know, be able to lean on people and, and you know, lean on teams um, and get through and navigate some of these issues that bind us all. Absolutely. And I think, you know, taking care of yourself and speaking up for your mental health you know, get that help that you need before it's too late. And, you know, as we saw with Jacinda Ardern, a great deal of respect for her speaking up and finally kind of putting this issue into the forefront and, and letting people know it's okay to say when you can't do it anymore and make a change. Yeah, no, absolutely. So yeah, I'm really glad we had the opportunity to talk about these two kind of rip from the headlines issues. And uh, I think that's it for this week. So Lisa and I will Catch you next time on the Inclusion Evolution. Thank you for listening to Inclusion Evolution. The views expressed during this podcast are solely those of the hosts and not of their respective law firms. Share your thoughts with us by emailing us at llmuller at casimerjones.com or mkasden at wigan.com. 